And away we go. You're listening to Live on Four Legs, the live Pearl Jam podcast experience featuring... Mr. Stone Gossett. Fucking camera in the truck. on four legs the definitive live pearl jam podcast randy sobel here john farrar there hello even though you're not going to be here for that long john we have you for a short time uh and then we're going to kick you out and bring in our guests for today uh but since we have you here let's talk about some good stuff uh at the top and then we'll get into the important news that we've been promoting for the last couple days that we have some very very important news to break on our show probably the most important uh thing that we've had to talk about uh since we started a year ago so uh why don't we just get all the housekeeping out of the way and then we'll get to the good stuff so uh as you guys know poster competition is still underway you still have until our next episode uh to rate us on itunes or rate us on Facebook for all you Android users out there. Rate us five stars, give us comment, and let us know, because we still, there are a lot of people out there that left us comments on Apple Podcasts, and we don't know who you are. We know you by username. So if you left us a comment on uh, on Apple and it didn't have your regular name come up, let us know that it was you. We're still going to enter you in anyway, but we don't want to say like, uh, you know, uh, glorified G fan seven, seven, five, uh, is, is the winner. We would like to know a name that we can present as, as the winner for this. So if you were one of the people that had uh, a username instead of your real name, just let us know. And how can they do that? Randy? I don't, I, don't, I don't know. I, look, Send us an I email, like, live on four legs podcast at gmail.com. That's right. That's easy enough to do. And what also is easy enough to do is uh, we are opening the floodgates here. We are opening the poster competition to Patreon users. So for all you Patreon people out there, you are automatically entered into the poster competition. And that goes for anybody that decides today that they want to become a patron. And John. How can you become a patron? You can go to patreon.com slash live on four legs. You can sign up. We have, uh, it only takes $1 a month. You're welcome to do more. We'd love to keep doing these things like poster giveaways, uh, more bootleg giveaways, uh, more merch, things like that. The more patrons we get, the more we can give back to you and give back to the community and give back to the fans. So you can go to patreon.com slash live on four legs. Uh, donate $1 a month, $5 a month, whatever you can manage. It really helps out the show, helps us keep the show going. Uh, Randy and I have real jobs, um, so we really uh, appreciate it. 
Yeah, and this is this is the time of year that we really were pushing for it because our uh, our year lease with SoundCloud is up. It, it you know we started in September and now it's up in September. And so a lot of people, a lot of people so. listen on SoundCloud. You know, if you're one of those people that that listens on SoundCloud, you know, it's uh, it's something we'd like to continue to do for sure. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, it, SoundCloud kind of presents all of our RSS feeds, so. Uh, SoundCloud really to, you know, in layman's terms, uh, it's the hub for every, uh, everything that gets us to Apple, to Spotify, to, uh, Stitcher, Google play, wherever, wherever you're listening, uh, SoundCloud is the hub for all of that. So, you know, we, we pay a fee every year to do it and, uh, you know, now time's coming up and, and John and I, you know, have to take a little bit out of our, our, our own account as well as uh taking stuff from the patreon uh from the last couple months but, we'll just we'll just know. take it from matt <laughs> yeah matt's <laughs> matt's the one in wedding bands every night he's the one making money i i think i think he can afford this uh but uh anything that you could do really helps us out especially at this time of year where we need it where i have a wedding to pay for uh you know that's one last thing if 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 it's like three dollars that I don't have to pay towards this that you you guys can help out with, like that's awesome for me. That's awesome for John who has kids. Uh, you know, just helping us both out, helping out the whole community. It's 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 uh, you know again, and it's and it's not something where you're not getting anything back. You're getting exclusive episodes. 100%. You're getting the evolution episodes. You're getting in this poster contest. We're going to be doing more cool stuff in the future. So now's a great time to jump in. And I would check after this episode, too, because there might be something up shortly after this episode airs. It's going to be a little something extra. It won't be too long, but you know what? Uh, we had some really good stories that we weren't able to get into this show uh, with Colin and with Marty uh, in what you're about to hear. And, you know, I, I think it's it's worth it to to put it on Patreon. It's worth it for everybody to listen yeah. to because they're just fantastic stories. So yeah, you know, you uh, never know when things are going to pop up over there. Yep. Bonus cup for you. Uh, so again, you get Patreon, donate to Patreon, you subscribe, you get exclusive episodes, you get a chance to come on our show and you also get a chance to enter the poster competition, which will be announced next Wednesday during our anniversary show. The polls are closed for that and we have a winner, but we're not going to tell you. We're not going to tell you until the episode airs. How about that? So it's going to be a big surprise. Sounds good. I can't wait. All right. So now to the big news that we have today. Big breaking news on Live on Four Legs. So uh, our good friend uh, Dave Jantosh with uh, Live Footsteps, um, been talking to him, you know, the past year and and wonderful things that we've you know wonderful new things that, that we've learned from just the history of Pearl Jam and it's that there are 57 sets set lists that have gone uh unknown so there there are shows from you know 1991 where they played in small clubs in Seattle that are just unknown to man there're no bootlegs there's no set list there's no knowledge of what went down that night who yeah, knows they, they were could've... they were touring a lot of weird a lot of small clubs a lot of bars mm -hmm. a lot of places where you know no one thought to write down the set list no one 
thought to record the show because you know they weren't no one knew that what they were going to turn into you know a lot of this stuff was before 10 was released before they kind of made it hit it big so i mean we can't blame them but it some of those shows are just lost to history and that's not to say that they don't exist somewhere in the realm of, you know, Stone's Basement or, you know, a, sh- a shoebox that Ed has in an attic somewhere. You know, it- it's very possible that some of these things, you know, they don't want to release, which is totally fine. We don't deserve everything. But, ladies and gentlemen, we have to announce today that we have uncovered one of those 57 set lists. Uh, in this episode... That was recorded a couple days before we're, we're doing this recording now. Uh, Marty had mentioned that um, the Cat House show from Scotland in 1992. Uh, and he tells a really good story. And we'll obviously get to all that. But he mentions there, he says, you know, I have a friend who has the set list. Do you want me to get it to you? And I said, well, absolutely. That would be amazing because... I, doing research for this show looking at the only two scottish shows that uh exist the first one doesn't have a set list so shit okay you have the set list yeah we'll absolutely take it and and now we have it in our possession uh well we don't uh, have the actual set list no we don't have the actual set list we have the photo of it, and we have photographic evidence from that night. We have yes, tons we of photos, uh, you know, of Ed, of Stone, of, of Mike, uh, Jeff, and all these really cool shots. They're just playing on the same level as every, it, it, you know, there's no stage or anything like that. It's just a small dive bar, essentially. And, um, and we're going to share all this stuff on social media, so keep your eyes peeled later today. Uh, all this stuff is coming out very soon, but uh, we have uncovered the set list from the Cat House 1992. Is it February, has, February 23rd, I believe? Yup, that's the correct date, and uh, it has never been released before. So that's it's really exciting news uh, to just get your hands on one of these. It's kind of, it's finding buried treasure. It's... It's pretty awesome. And weirdly enough, they did Worldwide Suicide like 25 <laughs> years before it was released. No, I'm just kidding. They did. That was the one show they did Big Wave. <laughs> and Matt was there. He was sleeping through the whole thing. Uh, no, do we want to no. talk about the set list itself? I think we should, yeah. Because, it, look, it's, it's not anything that's going to surprise you in 2019 that they did, uh, you know. Release Even Flow Wygo Jeremy Deep Alive Black State of Love and Trust Once and Porch. That's basically all of ten, and you know the 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 big staple single uh, song at the time. So uh, you know, the, and there, you know, that doesn't include what they did for the encore. There is some a little bit of uh, uh, discussion of of what went on in the encore. We, we got back to us uh, that. Leash and fucking up were played in the encore, but if you go by uh, time period, fucking up was really added to set list in mid 1993. So it wouldn't make sense that fucking up would be played. So you know there we, is. We don't know. Like it's it's possible. It's sure. It's not impossible. It just seems more probable that they would have maybe played something like Rockin' in the Free World, right? Which they were which, doing uh, on this tour. Right, and you know, I, I just to to see this, and just to first of all, uh, thank you to Robert Miller, who is the person that was there that night, and the person that has had all of these things, uh, 
you know, throughout the last 27 oh, yeah. year, years or so, and finally we're uncovering this, and, and you, you just never know. There, there's got to be somebody out there with, with other stuff, and it, it just makes me think that uh, this isn't the last one that's going to get released. I hope not. And speaking, speaking of the great transition there, they did open with release at this show, and you didn't get that a lot in these early shows. A lot of times they would open with a Why Go or a Once or an Even Flow. So this this is really cool. I like I like the way this set list flows together. Yeah, and it's kind of it's a it's a foreshadowing of you know what what the band would become later on, and I think maybe what they uh, saw a little bit of in, in themselves at the time. And uh, again, there's no you know there's no like secret song that they've never played before there's no like just a girl or something like that where it's extremely hard to get a uh, a live version of um it's very standard for 1992 it's everything off a of 10 but just to have it and just to see the set list and see this is this has to be jeff's art on it right? i believe this, so this yeah. screams jeff yeah uh you see like they're you know a live the a and a live the anarchy the, symbol the anarchy the a, symbol. yeah, yeah. definitely love uh it deep uh the the d and the p and deep have like little uh dots in them so it look, they look like eyes it, it it just it looks like jeff's handwriting it looks like his art it's uh it's really it, it's, it's it's super cool like the guy that has this i mean these things i mean he could probably sell this for two or three thousand dollars i mean this is sure. a, this is a unique piece of pearl jam history it, it really is it really is and you know again we thank him so much for uh, just being willing to, to share with us and, and for us to share with the rest of the community uh, to bring something like this in, in a time where, really, let's face it, nothing is really going on with this band in, in 2019. We're, we're finding things to talk about during this time because, you know, there needs to be a way to pass the time. There's no album news. There's no tour news. And maybe we should start a we should start a live on four legs detective crew detective agency. <laughs> One down, fifty six to go, guys. We, yep. we got fifty six more set lists to find. Na 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 na. Inspector Baba. Na 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 na. Again, like this is an awesome piece of history. Uh, oh yeah, we're really happy. We'll share the picture of it. We'll let everybody see it. Yeah, uh, so be on the lookout for that. We just wanted to break it here on the show because we thought it was important enough to break it on the show, uh, and and you know, give it a couple hours if you're listening to it right when uh, the show airs. Give it a couple hours; it'll be all over social media. Uh, hopefully, everybody's attributing us. Uh, that would be nice, but um, you know, it just just for people to know that uh, a piece of history has been uncovered. That that's fine with me. And that, that's and Eddie, if you're listening. We'd really like to know. I know you remember if it was fucking up or rocking in the free world. <laughs> you have the cassette tape. We'd really like to know. Just send us an email. You don't have to send it from your real email address. Just make up a fake one and, and just let us know. We, 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 you know, we just, we're just curious. Corduroy, Corduroy boy 10 at, uh, yeah, yeah. at hotmail.com. 
Um, all right, John, uh, we are going to say goodbye to you and we will see you at the end of the show for the outro. Let me introduce our special guest today. Uh, they are representing Pearl Jam Alba out, outside of Glasgow, Scotland. Uh, and they, what they're doing here is uh, every year they do uh, a fundraiser benefiting uh, Diabetes UK for PJ Con. They run a PJ Con every year, which is awesome. It's kind of like a comic convention, except uh, they got a Pearl Jam cover band that's playing, which is awesome. It's pretty badass. So let me introduce to Live on Four Legs, Martin Higgins and Colin Roger. Fellas, how's it going? Hey, how are we doing? How are we doing? We're doing great. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for uh, coming on. And you guys are doing a lot of really good stuff here. Why don't, uh, talk a little bit about how this all got started, how uh, you guys decided to uh, uh, to do a benefit for diabetes. Uh, well, it, it didn't start off as that. Um, the, the first year that um, I decided to do it, um, 2014, uh, I really just you know got fed up with the band passing over Scotland all the time uh, and I thought well if they're not going to come then I'll do something about that so I put on the first PJ Con just for people to come along and, and see the, the then tribute Peril, Peril versus Jam and whatever money I was going to make from it uh, I was going to send to the, the Wishlist Foundation um, mm-hmm. but we never made any money and the first one uh, broke even <laughs> Which was was good enough. It's always how you start. <laughs> yep, but it, uh, it laid the foundations. Uh, unfortunately, the the year after that, my my son Lewis um, was uh, took unwell and uh, was diagnosed with type one diabetes uh, and you know insulin dependent. So I decided, you know, that if if it was going to continue, then all the 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 proceeds from it uh, would go to Diabetes UK. And here we are, 2019, uh, getting into the sixth year, um, and on course to make ten thousand pounds. Um, now that my uh, newfound friend uh, Martin uh, has has got on board and, and just t- took us to the next level. That's fantastic that you guys have in five years have raised that amount of money and um you know it's for an awesome cause obviously near and dear to your heart uh which is great it's um uh, i'm i'm really happy that people in this pearl jam community are putting something towards the greater good something that's benefiting something else so that that's awesome that you guys have have done that uh through the past couple of years yeah, yeah. Um, as I say, we've, we've got a lot of things planned going forward. Um, this year, say 2019, uh, will you know eclipse what what I've done in previous years. Um, and Martin, uh, where we met last year was at uh, Pearl Jam UK, who are, in my opinion, the best tribute uh, going about in, in the UK. Um, we met up at uh, the pre-party that Martin had organised to raise money for some other charities um, and you know I, I liked what, what he was doing and the response he was getting with, and you know we, we kind of approached them to hook up so to speak and, and here we are so we've got uh, say big plans afoot for this year and next year and we just want to move it on with the help of you know the, the wider Peril Jam family. 
Yeah, for me, uh, Randy, I, I, you, you touched on it. Was about um, the community that's uh, that's in the that's in the Perjan family. I think is uh, I think is very humbling and uh, and just mind blowing the generosity of people. Uh, you know, not in any other not in any other group would uh, would you find people so willing to donate their time, you know, their money, uh, merchandise, uh, and do some really beautiful, unique stuff. Uh, for free, uh, just so you know, we can we can raise some money for Diabetes UK. It's it's really humbling. Yeah, and you guys um, look. You guys put together the unicorn shirts, and uh, the first time I saw that, I I said I, I can't believe how many people. And I didn't realize what it was benefiting towards. I thought you guys just made some Pearl Jam, uh, some Scottish Pearl Jam shirts, and I didn't realize what it was benefiting towards. But I realized that everybody was gravitating towards it, and then everybody was. Uh, it became a thing where everybody was uh, donating and willing to help, and it just kind of took on a life of its own. Talk about the shirts and how popular uh, they've gotten over the past couple months. Well, we, we started selling them uh, just after the pre the Pedal Jam UK uh, pre-show party December last year. I, uh, I launched them at that pre-show party, and we sold about 20 or 30 on the day, and £10 of every sale was going directly to charity. Um and it seemed to have just captured people's imaginations. I I don't know if there's something mystical about Scotland, uh, you know, and unicorns because who doesn't like a unicorn? Sure. So uh, we start. I started posting that I was only going to do it for a limited time only, and it really, really did capture people's imaginations. So I was hoping to sell maybe fifty, a hundred over, you know, the the course of maybe twelve weeks. We ended up. Closing the first time at the end of February, having sold three hundred, so that put three thousand pounds directly into the charity, uh, which which was phenomenal. And then the next few days, I started getting all these emails and direct messages from all around the world, going, "How do I get a hand? How do I get my hands on one of these t-shirts?" And I'm like, "I'm sorry, guys, it's closed." Uh, my friend uh, was making them, was absolutely fed up <laughs> printing them, <laughs> and, he, and he closed them. But there was such a demand, I uh, I opened it back up probably early March, and uh, we sold about another hundred off the back of that, which gave us another thousand to uh, to charity again. And the actual the story behind it is quite good. So a friend of mine called Lisa L from Edinburgh. She's a, she's a she's a brilliant girl. She's German. She's overworking in Edinburgh in a in a hostel. Her and I went to Boston night two, and in the afternoon, uh, just like Colin, actually, we're we're kind of a bit fed up that Pearl Jam would fly over us. Or they would uh, they would go to England, or it is kind of horrible, right? I I would be pissed off too. You know, I, I think it's outrageous that they uh, they don't come here. You know, the the country with the greatest audience in the world. Uh, so uh, we we sat in uh, Julian's Lucky Strike in Boston on the on the afternoon of night two, and uh, on the back of a, a cigarette paper, we uh, we drew the unicorn and in Pearl Jam Scotland and we put number 10 on the back with a little Scotland flag and and Lisa who was quite instrumental in the design said you know people are going to buy this and I thought let's try it you know because we'll, we'll do it for charity so uh, we did it we ran it out we, we raised a phenomenal amount of money and uh, you know the good news is that we're going to launch a new improved uh, sexier uh, Pearl Jam Scotland t-shirt uh, at the P- uh, PGA pre-party in November. 
Look at look at how you've evolved. It's evolution, baby. It's yeah, it's all, evolution, baby. It's all got to start somewhere. And uh, look at where you guys are now. Like you didn't think that you would sell anything, you know. Then you get direct messages from people around the world, and and look at how much it's exploded, and all for good causes. And what we're gonna do is uh, before and after this episode airs, we're gonna uh, put out a link on our Facebook, on our Instagram pages, on how you can buy the shirt if the shirt is available now. How you can donate to uh diabetes uk how you can donate to uh pearl jam alba we will throw all that information out there is there right now is there a place that uh if anybody's listening right now that they can uh send their donations to yeah um if you go on to www.justgiving.com forward slash fundraising forward slash pjcon 2019 or if you just go to the Just Given page, type in PJCon 2019, uh, that will take you straight to the, the donation page. And if they wanna, if they wanna get tickets, if we have any listeners uh, from the Glasgow area or uh, outside inside the UK, uh, how can they get tickets to PJCon on the 31st? Uh, if they go via Eventbrite. Um, or go to the Peril Jam album page on uh, Facebook. There's a Get Tickets link. Uh, just click on Get Tickets or Eventbrite and type in PJCon 2019. And also the, the PJ UK pre-party on the 23rd of November. Um, there's tickets for that through Skiddle, which are actually free. Um, but they're limited to, to 200 and there's quite, uh, well, there's over half of them disappeared already. So um, get those as well. So that's skiddle.com if you're in the UK and, and look up PG UK pre-party. And I, and I failed to mention before that, um, so your shirts got so popular that they were recognized by somebody. Am I, am I right about that? Yeah, that's right, Randy. So when, uh, when Eddie played uh, Dublin back in the summer, uh, three of the three of the t-shirts were set next to each other, uh, in the in the audience from three people that I know well actually, and uh, during one of the during one of the breaks in the songs, Eddie pointed to them, pointed to the t-shirt, made a circle motion in the side of his chest, and gave it gave us a thumbs up about awesome. the, about the tees. So you know we're 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 definitely hitting the right note if uh, if Mister Redder spots them, you know. Yeah, uh, look. They're, the band is usually pretty tapped into what the fans are doing, especially if they're doing something good. So you guys are absolutely heading in the positive direction. I think there's no way to go but up. You guys are, are killing it. And again, uh, follow uh, Pearl Jam Alba on, on Facebook, on Instagram to get all the updates for uh, the upcoming Pearl Jam Con this weekend. And Lost Dogs, is. Uh, are you guys going to live stream it anywhere? Can uh, anybody from the States watch this as it's going on? Honor. Uh, there's a plan to do that um, if someone will stand still long enough with their phone um, <laughs> but yeah we'll either we've got a, a, a recorder as well so we'll probably record the, the lion's share of the, the, the Peril Jam set and some of uh, Kev Dixon's Eddie Vedder set um, and then we'll, we'll put that on the page at some point but we hope to live stream at least uh, some of the some of the landmark songs in there, you know. Yeah, and Randy, I don't, I'm not sure if you're aware of this, but uh, but Colin's the lead singer of the Lost Dogs. I wasn't. And, uh, he's the singer of it, and uh, his voice is phenomenal. By the way, so I'd recommend anybody to go and have a listen. He's uh, he's probably a listen. Well, why don't we get a little sample right now? 
I've not got uh, any musical accompaniment, but I can hum it. You can sing it. Makes much more sense to live in the present tense. There you go. If that's not if that's not a sell for going to this show, if you're in the UK area, I don't know what is. You just got the man himself singing the songs himself. That was that was beautiful. Uh, Randy, I won't I, I won't sing because people might ask for refunds. <laughs> they canceled their subscription to yeah. <laughs> this podcast. They canceled the subscription to the show. Yeah, I, that's all right. I, I sing at the end of every show, and I'm surprised that we still have listeners. So I told. <laughs> Um, all right, let's get into it. Uh, we're going to cover a show today, uh, Glasgow. The last time that they were ever in Scotland, they've only been there twice. Once was February 1992, kind of during the ascension of the band um, in a place called the Cat House. Eight years later, they show up, 2000, on the binaural tour, and that's been it. We talked about it before with, with Ireland. You know, it, it it had been ten years since they've they they've been to Ireland. What is it about uh, places in and around the UK that that they just haven't seemed to to crawl back to? Yes, it, it's really frustrating actually for the last uh, for for the last poor however we can however many years. I think he's taken a I think Eddie and the band have taken a liking to Italian red wine and uh, uh. Irish Guinness Irish Guinness to be honest. Because uh, uh, he, he clearly hasn't discovered single malt whiskey. That's uh, that's my theory um, around uh, around why he doesn't come back up here. You know, historically, some of the best audiences, some of the best venues uh, in the UK. Um, we just need to get we just need to get the profile of the country a bit higher and get get ourselves on the map again, Randy. And I'm sure I, I'm convinced. That they'll be back. Uh, I think the the next tour. I just have a I just have a feeling that they're they're, they're going to announce a, a Glasgow show. Look, if you guys have you know you have this huge fan base that are coming to PJ Con, you're getting your name out there. You're getting the the uh, basically you're you're getting the demand for them out there. Hopefully, that's going to help push it in the right direction. Yeah, no, definitely. I, I mean. Martin and myself were, were at the, the Foo Fighters show on, on uh, the weekend past, and I, I don't know the exact numbers, but you know there's there's tens and tens of thousands there, um, and you know most there was a lot of Pearl Jam t-shirts in the crowd, you know that people nodding at each other. I had my my unicorn t-shirt on, which people were seeing. So, you know the Foo Fighters can come. Uh, that Alice in Chains were here recently. Stone Temple Pilots were here. Um, Billy Corgan done a solo show, so you know the the the, the community, the the, the Seattle uh, folks and uh, affiliated people know we're here and and they come, you know. So hopefully, Dave goes back and has a wee word um, and gets the, them over. The Foo Fighters on Saturday, Randy sold out thirty five thousand in wow. the pour, pouring rain and mud on saturday yeah uh so we we we, we look like we just came out of the trenches of world war one <laughs> it's the old festival shows just like that that that's that's awesome i really you know good for the foo fighters for heading over there and hopefully pearl jam is next but um let, let, let's go back to that uh 1992 show um Mar- martin you said that you were 
around uh, the cat house during that point. So tell tell us the story of what, what happened uh, that night. Oh, so so in the '92 show. So uh, back in '92, without any social media or uh, telephones, mobile phones, um, they announced they announced the gig. I literally worked 200 yards around the corner from where the cat house was uh, back in '92. They're in a different venue now. And uh, that evening, I actually walked by the venue on the way home and didn't realise that the guys were playing upstairs on their first UK uh, on their first UK tour. Uh, and I think it was a, a few days later, or it might have been a few weeks later when I read a review in one of the music magazines that they played in Glasgow. You would not believe how I felt. Oh. Lower than a snake's belly, I think, is, uh, is is probably the best analogy. I was de- <laughs> I was devastated, realizing that I'd missed them in my hometown, two hundred yards away from where I worked uh, oh. on the first tour was, was was devastating. So I had to wait eight years for them to come back in two thousand. I I mean that's uh, you can't really go back and you know, and go, go back and retrace your steps and, and, you know, know what you know now. Uh, but man, that is, that is a total bummer that you were literally sniffing, uh, around the area and you never know. You could have just passed Mike or, or Dave a on the street and you well, never had any I have, idea. I have a little story there. So I have a Uh-oh. friend, that, I have a friend that I, uh, that I've kind of hooked up with over the last couple of years through official and his name's Robert. And he's from uh, way up north in Scotland, a little place called Findlochry. And uh, he was at the show in 92 and met the whole band. Uh, and I'm absolutely sure, Randy, he's got a set list. Yep. Yeah. No. I'm sure he's got a set list. And, uh, you know, if I'd, if we had did the question earlier, I could have I'd probably got a copy of that. But he met them all and he hung out with them after in, uh, in the cat show. In the cat house, yeah. and got to talk to them all, uh, and got and he's got a whole bunch of photographs. That's so fantastic. what what we'll do after the after the the podcast is I, I'll get them to you, so you can uh, you can put them up and hopefully get a set list as well. That would be great. That would all, all that stuff would be amazing. Um, I never. I never because th- this isn't a set list, you know. Live Footsteps doesn't have this. Stat Tracker doesn't have this. I don't know if Pearl Jam's website has this. Uh, uh, that would be absolutely amazing if if we can unearth a a, a set list that that is unknown. Um, wow, let's stay stay tuned on that. I'm I'm speechless. Stay tuned. There's also another guy in our community. Um, if if anyone's interested, the the group is SOS, which is. Um, Sounds of Seattle. <laughs> <laughs> Forgot it's it. a very popular I, group. <laughs> but um, there's another Robert, Robert Fields, um, and he was one of the, the co-owners and promoters of the Cat House at the time. Um, so he uh, he posted and regularly posts in different groups uh, the contract that was signed. So £200, uh, Pearl Jam were paid for doing that. Wow. Um, and basically they'd signed them uh, you know, it was a wee bit prior, but then ten came out and took off, and they were wondering if will will this still happen? But it, it still happened, um, and you know, he he speaks fondly of uh, of you know getting it uh, getting it put on and uh, meeting the band and, and what have you. So um, we'll send you that uh, copy of that as well. I wonder if they still I wonder if they still do shows for two hundred pounds. 
Um, uh, I don't. I don't think they can do shows uh, holding two thousand pounds of equipment. <laughs> I don't think they could do that. Uh, but uh, yeah, that 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 would be something pretty special. If uh, yeah, just stroll stroll around in your area. Two thousand dollars. Yeah, that that's it. You know, Pearl Jam just played for two thousand dollars. I think you can get like four or five people to kind of pull up some money to to get them there for that. I'm sure we could raise that. <laughs> so let's talk about this show now that we're going to cover today uh it's pretty fresh after brian arl came out probably just about a month after the release date um both of your first show you know your your expectations going into this what how how excited were the both of you for this show uh, very very um just you know the, the sheer anticipation of all um you know Listen to them since since ten, so you're what nearly nine nine years on from that. Um, watching MTV, watching the the very limited videos that they put out, you know, and anything that you could get a, a sniff of, you you had. Um, buying, you know, did have some some bootlegs like before, you know, cassette bootlegs that guys used to tape shows and then sell them down the the Barra's market. Uh, used to get things like that and. Uh, Ah, it was just me and my two best friends, and you know, every time they've been in the UK, me and my two best friends have seen them, and that's where it all started. And you know, we got the bug to to travel the UK and, and see them. Um, but ah, the show didn't disappoint. Uh, yes, and, and reflection, you know, some of the shows since have topped that. Um, Leeds for me, Leeds two thousand and fourteen was just immense. Um, but that was a fantastic you know, show. but but that first that first show. Um, and getting to hear uh, present tense, which was you know my favourite song, uh, just made it for me. Yeah, so for for me, Randy, it was uh, it was Christmas coming early. Uh, it was um, it was probably waited eight long years to see them, and a bit like Colin, just trying to absorb every bit of information that I could uh, on the build up. I remember I, I remember buying the tickets over the telephone uh, from uh, you know a ticket master uh, and um the girl on the end of the phone said to me oh wow you're keen you're the first caller um <laughs> to, to to get the tickets for uh, for standing and i was like uh, coming off the phone and saying to my wife you know it was the first tickets and then waiting the the couple of months for the for the show for them to come to glasgow and they came and, and they played in a they, they played in a really bad venue it was called the scottish exhibition and conference center and it was essentially a big tin hut that uh, they echoed but you know what they they, they could have played anywhere uh, and I would have been there to see them. So I, I just remember the, the excitement. I, I, I went along with my wife uh, because I think like a lot of Pearl Jam friends, a lot of our friend, a lot of our close friends don't follow Pearl Jam. It just it just seems to be it's a it's a kind of unique thing that we have. It's a it's a, a taste of music. Yeah. So uh, myself and Moira went along. Um, I think the support band were called the Vandals. The Vandals, yes. Yeah, and uh, do you know how, do you know how they performed? They are straight up punk band, and they are joke music. And uh, I was a big fan of them when I was about sixteen years old. And funny enough, I, I actually my only CBGB show was to go see the Vandals, and that was uh, like 
you know, weeks leading up to, to the closing of, of the venue. So I was very lucky to actually step foot and, and smell that place. So uh, in Glasgow, they, they clearly knew that we, were, we are the greatest audiences in the world. I might have said that before. <laughs> uh, so they, 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 they thought they, they, had to, they had to do something quite special. So the guys all played naked. Oh no! <laughs> so most of the most of the backline obviously had guitars and drums to uh, to sort of hide, uh, you know, the, the the extremities. But the lead singer didn't. And no, for no what, tube socks, no tube the, socks, or no anything? tube socks. It wasn't. Oh, it wasn't. Geez. It wasn't the sock on the cock tour. It was. Uh, <laughs> it, it was essentially this guy, and I was mortified. My 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 wife was like. Holy shit, Martin! Is this the band that you brought me to see? And I'm like, no, no, they're just the support. They're just the support. So uh, that 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 was a great introduction to the to to the the the, the gig, the show. Yep. I I mean, if they're trying to steal some spotlight away from Pearl Jam, I I, I get like that's. Is there no laws against playing a show naked in, in Scotland, or is it par for the course? Maybe maybe they didn't know, and they were just trying it out to see if they were. <laughs> so. the, the two or three times I saw the Vandals, they were fully clothed, thankfully. So it's you know, uh, but what a what a weird. There's a picture you're not going to lose quickly out your mind. <laughs> <laughs> what a weird experience that must have been. But I'm sure once Pearl Jam comes on, that that's you know. Every, everybody's anticipating them everybody's anticipating uh eddie and, and folks taking the stage so uh they really the beginning of the show they get a massive reaction it's very obvious that you guys are the greatest audience in the universe and you guys are ready for this and ed actually mentions that they're they'd been there once long ago and they're glad to be back and wish everybody a nice night and that goes right into uh sometimes sometimes it's uh it's got the very precarious tiptoe mysterious uh vibe to it um very close to how it's played on the album instead of just kind of uh during at least the uh sometimes it goes sometimes all that all that stuff it feels like he's staying on a certain level when he's doing that part and he's not sort of raising himself up it's it's very much close to the album yeah, so I, I actually, um, my memory of that song uh, is that I was sta- I was standing towards the back with my wife, and uh, you know the 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 music came on for the for the intro, and my wife said to me, uh, Martin, uh, you're going to go down the front, aren't you? 
And I went, no, 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 I'm 32 by this time, Randy. So I says, I'll, I'll leave that to the kids yeah. uh, down the front. And then when they came on in uh, the first couple of bars of uh, of Sometimes, uh, all I remember from that song is me fighting my way down to the front of the, the audience <laughs> and trying to get in the mosh pit. So I don't have a lot of recollection about the, 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 the first uh, of Sometimes because I was I was sharpening my elbows and uh, and trying to push my way down the front so uh, that was my experience I uh, I kind of staggered back to my wife two and a half hours later with uh, you know no t-shirt on dripping a sweat and a, you know a bloody lip <laughs> oh, who's uh, naked um, now uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> the vandals who <laughs> so that was my memory of that I don't have a lot of, I don't have actually a lot of recollection about the composition uh, of, of the song that they did you know uh sometimes it's pretty even keel and that goes into breaker fall and it feels like it's a drastic difference uh the force and the power that's coming out uh of ed he's really belting everything almost to max capacity but it's just not there it's it's honing in just a little bit but it's giving it enough power that it deserves without really overdoing it but that uh, final chorus has that big scream, the big scream at the end, and that's really the most impressive uh, spot about this song. Love, love, love As I say, the, the kind of the light and shade, um, you know, starting starting uh, with something, you know, kind of low key, and then breaking into that, you know. So uh, everybody was hyped up, you know, for them coming on stage. Then it's kind of subdued, and then bang into Breaker Fall, which is you know one of the the more rocking tracks uh, at that time, um, and it just kind of you know lit the place up, but. As for Ed, you know, he can do no wrong in, in, in my eyes and most people's eyes. So um, he was there, he was in front of us, and he's, he's going for it. So we, we were happy. And that uh, breaker fall kind of leads into this little early trio that I love to call the energy trio. Whenever it's some sort of corduroy, hail, hail, animal, brain of Jay, spin a black circle, any type and any type of song like that. I love that energy really early in the set. And that's what you get here corduroy into hell hell and animal uh there's really not much more that you want from uh the early part of the set no without doubt those, those songs uh sort of gave us the the indication that the the rest of the the show was just going to be uh was going to be phenomenal they took uh you know they took breaker fall and then they just turned it up and uh, you know the energy levels in that auditorium, you know, four or five songs in were just uh, was just phenomenal. I think when you when you're trying to paint a picture of a of a show, Randy or a gig, as we call them over here, it's uh, it's the sort of intensity that's in the, the that's in the crowd and uh, the intensity that that you know that 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 song four, five, and six were uh, were putting together was just uh, was phenomenal. I just remember. The I, I, you know there's very few songs I listen to that that still raise hairs on your arms mm. are, are, around uh, you know listening to something that's 19 years old you're thinking I remember how I felt at that point yeah you know I had made it to the front by this time 
And uh, I, I just remember standing there and thinking, oh my God, this is this is just, this is a different level. This is phenomenal. It's one of those things, it's, it's hard to describe, but it's uh, it's kind of amazing when it when it really pops up and, and strikes you the right way. Uh, but that's, these three songs absolutely do that. My only, my only little thing about these three songs were, I, and in some points of the set, the transitions in between, I feel like they lasted, lingered a little bit too long. I, I feel they should have just kind of went from one to the other to the other. These are songs that even with Matt still being very, uh, you know, still new to the band at the, t- at the time doing the 98 tour. And then this is really early in the binaural tour. Uh, he knows these songs already. So I, I feel like there should be a little bit more of a flow, a little more emotion to him. But that's just a very small critique of that. The next three in there, Dissident, then Grievance, then Nothing As It Seems. Uh, for these, you got a couple of new songs in there. And Dissident uh, obviously is, you know, popular uh, from from verses. So what do you guys think of this little section here? Yeah, yeah. It's, uh, Dissident is, you know, one of my favourite tracks on verses. I mean, well, there really isn't a bad track as such, but, uh, you know, it's a cra- uh, cracking, as we call it, cracking song. Um, <laughs> but uh, it, it was great. Um, and then, you know, meanders through and then you've got nothing, as it seems, at, at the end of it, just to kind of let us catch for breath. Um, and at that time... Uh, you know that that was the kind of biggest single over here. Uh, you know, on on, on release, uh, nothing as it seems. Uh, I think it charted in uh, in the UK, if I remember rightly, but not in the US. It didn't. Binaural did not do very well in the US, if I remember correctly. But especially the singles that they put out were not uh, did not get uh, the recognition that that Yield got before that, and that Riot Act got a little bit after that. But yeah, um, yeah. I don't know. I, for nothing as it seems, uh, it felt like it was just, it was flat. It was going through the motions. It was only the 10th time that they had played it. And it doesn't really evolve too much from what it was then to where it is now. But I think Ed gets a little bit more into it. And this one just, uh, it, it didn't it didn't have any elevation to it. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, I mean, my memory's starting to fade a wee bit, but um, <laughs> yeah, that, it's, I suppose I would I would agree with that. You know, from being a, a singer myself, you know, the, uh, uh, you know, uh, it's a studio track to me. You know, that that, sure. that worked, worked well in the studio, but as you say, over time, it, it's now evolved into quite a, a popular live track, and it has more feel to it live than it than it probably did in the early days. You know, um, but. I suppose it was a binaural tour, so they had to play some of it. <laughs> of course, yeah. And it's an interesting spot because it, it's, it uses this cool down here. And uh, it's not, you usually won't get nothing as it seems as kind of a cool down. The two times that I've seen it, I've seen it in uh, that early part of an encore. And I've seen it as the second or third song of a set, which is kind of ridiculous i don't think they'd ever do that again but uh you know not not something that you'd see nowadays kind of hovering around early middle of the set uh so that gets us into given a fly and when we talk about this song the best part is its build like you know sometimes i say that i really don't enjoy it live uh because it's it doesn't build to anything it's just the the fast pace the whole time um this had a really good build to it i love how given fly builds and um and this is uh this has some sort of significance to you right uh to me yeah it does randy uh so 
given a fly for me. I was uh, I was in the I was in the pit at the front, and uh, it's it's actually probably one of my top three uh, Pearl Jam songs at the moment. Um, and it was to hear that live from the first time from your band was uh, was phenomenal. So we um, we went for it. You know, me and a couple of hundred people around me. We were on uh, uh, Stoneside, uh, and uh, we really got motion. And uh, the mosh fell over, uh, and there was probably about fifty or sixty of us. Uh, kind of just fell over. We weren't crushed or anything, but we, we fell over. We all struggled to get up. I think uh, I think Eddie sort of interrupted the song a little bit mm -hmm. at that point, just to uh, just to make sure we were okay. Is everybody okay right in this corner? Are you? Is everybody up? Is everybody up right there? Nobody underneath? Okay. I forgot the words. And, uh, you know, he was pointing directly at the area where, where I was on the ground. Uh, we all got up. Not up. We were all fine. Uh, we were all laughing and joking and, uh, you know, covered in sweat and mud and, you know, uh, lots of horrible stuff. I uh, got up and, uh, and carried on. But I think the significant thing for me was that, you know, literally three weeks later, uh, you know, there was Rockskill, which, um, you know, unfortunately, you know, some of the guys didn't get back up. So that that song for me uh, is is really important in, in in my history of Pearl Jam songs because uh, you know you never think about it at the time when you go along to a gig uh, you expect to come home you know after it mm -hmm. uh, and three weeks later you know uh, you know a number of people didn't so uh, right. that still resonates with me to 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 this day and uh, you know just the excitement of hearing Given to Fly for the first time for a lot of us uh, just got us probably a little bit too excited yeah. <laughs> and 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 ed does a really good job addressing it and he kind of just casually says well forgot the words and kind of leads to a fun moment and the crowd is is really into it after that and that second chorus fantastic where he's, he's getting to a level that's really getting up there uh for this song so it you know while he's checking in making sure everybody's good uh he's still locked in and and that's uh that's what makes it uh, it special at that point. So it amazes me when you think that uh, when you think that Eddie Vedder's voice can't go any uh, stronger or higher mm. or more powerful, he seems to have a you know what we call a, another gear over here. I know you guys all drive automatics, but we uh, we use a stick shift over here, so we just call <laughs> having it having it another gear. So yep. you know, just just taking that to another level, another gear was uh, was phenomenal. You know. And we're going to get back into that in a handful of songs where I really feel like he does, uh, you know, shift in the fourth gear uh, and and absolutely blow the place apart. Uh, but that's going to come in a little bit. That gets into even flow next, though. He tees up by saying this next one is called In a Big Country. I don't know what that's a reference to. Is it just they were they driving along and and nothing they, they were seeing nothing but green and nothing but cows and stuff like that? And it, was it all country over there or what? Well, there was a, a, a Scottish band called Big Country. And ah. one, of their, one of their biggest hits was called In, 
in a big country. Ah, um, uh, okay. And uh, I think that was a wee nod to he was teasing his. Anything on on Even Flow? Just just hearing it. This is obviously you got a checklist of songs that you want to hear for the first time at your first show. Even Flow is more than likely a hundred percent going to be played, but just the preparation for it and getting ready to hear it, it was it everything that you expected? Oh, very so, much, very much. So. Everything and more for me. So again, I, I, I eight years in the waiting, eight years of listening to ten and verses. Um, you know, and just for the 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 chord, just the start of the chords, even flow. You know uh-huh. instinctively what song it is, <laughs> and then you just you just start going mental. You know every single word of that song. You've sang uh-huh. it a million times in eight years. Yeah. I used to work in a retail store back then, uh, Randy, and I used to play ten to all the customers <laughs> that, that, that that came, and it would always be on in the background. Uh, that you know. Uh, versus a bit of um, um, oh I've forgotten the name of this term a bit of what they I've forgotten the name of the band oh forget <laughs> Black Black Crows Black back then I was oh, yeah, Black, okay. Black Crows uh, and uh, they usually always say oh, what's that you've got on and you'd be like it's Pearl Jam and I, and I worked across from Tower Records in Glasgow so I used to always point them in the direction you can go get it from across the road you were a salesman back then too. Look at that. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, so that takes us into this middle part of the set here, starting with Daughter, then going into Untitled and MFC, and then Habit. Uh, Daughter, just real quick, really nice change of pace, uh, not having the tags, but like listening to bootlegs and kind of getting acclimated to what they're doing at a live show. Did did you miss the tags at all? Or um. Tags, well, we didn't really have much to go on at that point. Probably right, okay. the, the biggest tag for me was the... Uh, oh. Breaking the Wall? The, ah, yep, that's the one. That, when yeah. they done that, uh, I'd, uh, it was broadcast live on Radio 1 here in Britain. Um, and they broadcast that whole show. And I think it went out at something like 12 in the morning. Um, I've still got a cassette tape because I sat up and, and recorded it on this cassette tape. Yeah. Uh, the whole uh, was Atlanta, Atlanta show, I'm sure. Yep, uh, um, Atlanta '94, yeah. Which became the Dissident EP as well. Right. They, they, they broke that up for the Dissident EP. Um, but I, I remember because I'm, you know, who isn't a Pink Floyd fan? But uh, I remember I came home from the pub slightly, slightly uh, drunk, and uh, <laughs> you slightly, slightly remember. Yeah, and, and uh, sat and recorded it, and then I, I remember nodding off a wee bit, and then I woke up and I, I noticed that the tape had uh, had stopped, so I had to turn it around quickly and, and start recording on the other side, and uh, and daughter came on, and then they tagged it with, with that, and I was just like, wow, you know, it was it was brilliant. After daughter was was untitled MFC, and this is really what I wanted to spotlight on here, uh, untitled. At the time, uh, gained popularity due to Live on Two Legs, which is weird to say, uh, even to this day, weird to say. Uh, And this is the fourth time they'd ever do Untitled. And you can hear from the crowd's reaction, everybody knows what it is due to the Live on Two Legs version. It's a pretty long version, and I usually really uh, love it as a transition into MFC. If I go, I don't
just has that full arena sound to it that I really love. It makes it feel like you're on a highway. It makes you feel like you're on the road, open road. Uh, everything about these two together in this spot was, was fantastic. Yeah, that was very special. Um, say me and my, my two best friends. Uh, there was actually another friend there, but he disappeared by this point because he thought Guns N' Roses were better, so he was promptly, <laughs> promptly dispatched, but he wasn't a fan, obviously. Um, he, he, was, he was a dick. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, it's one of those because, you know, the, our, our closest thing to a live experience was, you know, li- listening to live in two legs and, or, you know, listening to the radio, uh, that sort of thing. So to hear that, and it was just one of those moments, like the, the arms were in, you know, each other and, you know, that kind of mutual recognition and look, you know, no, no words, just kind of excellent wow, you know. Um, and Craig, uh, one of my friends, he actually had that as his wedding song. That was a couple of years later he got wow. married and that was his, his first dance at his wedding. Uh, the, and, I, and I was so jealous. <laughs> <laughs> so I, uh, at that point, it, it held special significance and, and went on to hold more, you know. So uh, after Untitled MFC's Habit, Habit sounds fine. I really got nothing on it, but Ed says before, quiet little number for you. If you guys want to talk about it for a second, I'll give it to you, but it's Habit. Oh, it was just uh, it, it was just a feeling of punk for me, you know. Mm-hmm. It was uh, it was getting uh, it was getting down and dirty, uh, and that that was quite easy to do on the on that floor in that hall. Was the, it was very easy to get dirty, but it just felt like after the you know after Untitled and MFC, it just gave us a song just to get the energy level back sure. up, yep. you know, and uh, and we went for it, you know. It was it, it, it was proper crazy at that point. Yeah. Yeah. And it kind of had that descent into madness at the end that sometimes Deep seems to have. Habit seems to kind of attach on to that too. And uh, uh, yeah, no, there, there was... Uh... They, they do that. I, I mean, it's, even in some of the recent uh, shows we've been, it, it, it just seems to build, 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 build. <clears throat> energy, energy, energy. <clears throat> Stop. Uh, you know, yeah. it's almost like it builds you and it's like, uh, you know, right, we're at a crescendo. Uh, the crowd can't get any crazier. Cut. <laughs> yep. and you're you're in mid air, you yeah. know, and the, and the music stops, and it was just a, I, I just remember it being uh, just electric at that point, you know. Yeah, sure. Well, yeah, this is a good song to bounce along to. Yep, this is right middle of the set. This is really a sweet spot where everybody still has their energy and they're not, you know, they're not going off anytime soon. So uh, it's really, it's a really good spot to get a, a real energetic one in there. Uh, and that falls Better Man. Another one, no save it for later tag on this. A bit odd, but it's kind of interesting to get uh, the two that you usually get longer versions of Daughter and Better Man and, and you don't get tags on them. But I'm I'm fine with it. I, you know, I think we talked about it last week. How Better Man in that show, uh, the Reading UK show that we did, uh, that didn't have tags at the end of it, and I was okay with it. Um, you know, certain versions, I think it's fine. I think it, as long as they kind of find a way with it, and I feel like this version they did, uh, I'm all right with it. Yeah, I was uh, so back then. That Better Man was uh, was a song that was my toilet break. Okay, <laughs> uh, everybody has a a Pearl Jam toilet break song, don't they? No, uh, yeah. I, Last Kiss. I've, I've never heard. Last know, Kiss would never be my yeah. yeah, so <laughs> Porch is turning into yeah. mine. All right. So at that back then, 
that was my uh, that was my toilet break song. So yeah. I, I I chose to run off at that point, yeah. uh, and it subsequently had a much more deeper uh, effect on me as I, as I get older, mm-hmm. you know. And and you you marry and you have children and you have parents that pass away and stuff like that, you know. Just all that sort of beautiful songwriting, you know, lovely melodies. You just maybe it's just as we mellow as we mm-hmm. get older, we appreciate yeah. uh, what good a tune it is how it builds and obviously the meaning behind it, you know? So, mm-hmm. um, you know, so at the time in 2000, I was in the toilet, uh, <laughs> but, but, but now it's uh, it holds a little special place. Uh, Ed talks here. He doesn't talk a lot during the early part of the show, but here he says, uh, this is a really nice little uh, little spot there that he talks. Uh says, sometimes songs are written and you find messages in them. You play them every day and they're kind of like little prayers that keep you on the right track. And sometimes when you're in a band and you find some messages uh, to hear uh, and you figure you put them in a song and you play them over and over and it'll finally sink in, even for the guy who wrote it. Uh, you know, like it's, I think that that's kind of cool that he wrote a song, didn't kind of really get its message until a little bit later on. It feels like here, you know, I, I think 2000 is when he's going through the divorce with, with Beth and it feels like it's, it's really a changed time for Eddie. He's really kind of growing as an adult and he's, he's maturing into the self that we kind of, uh, we know him as now, but um, it, it's interesting to hear him say this, that uh, his songs are starting to have a different kind of effect on him, and he's starting to take his own words as advice uh, a little bit. Yeah, without without a shadow of a doubt, I think, uh, I think it's just uh, people maturing, isn't mm-hmm. it? So when, when you write something when you are you know, 21, 22, 23, and then you go back and read those words a few years later, uh, they have a they have a different context because you matured in that time and th- the word that, that you meant to read or you 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 wrote had a significance to you at that point. Yeah. But because you've matured those years, it can mean something completely different, yeah. but still resonate in the in in the same way. So uh, you know, I, I I totally get that. I think we all do it as human beings. Well, yeah. You, you, you can you can go back and uh, and learn from your experiences and obviously the stuff that you wrote then. Uh, that's this whole little speech that Ed had here. Uh, that's segueing into present tense, um, and is it's fitting of the kind of song that I feel. Eddie wants to play on this night and there's some songs in here where he's really he's elevating himself and there's some songs here where he's kind of he's flatlining a little bit like we said with nothing as it seems I feel like there were a couple that he didn't put that raw pure emotion but some reason that second chorus something that i felt like he wasn't tapping into at all before and it really it's it's 
a complete 180 for the whole show. Uh, this it, It's a perfect way to segue into uh, the last two songs of the set list. And I feel like this was by far and away the biggest highlight of the show. And you got to think at, at the time, they're not playing this a lot. This was only the 29th uh, time that they had ever played it. The song had been out for four years, whatever it was, uh, 96 through uh, 2000. So there, there's time to play it, uh, but only 29 times. Uh, the way he's presenting this is as close to his style as any other song that's been played so far. So far. So, that build to the last chorus is absolutely euphoric. Yeah, uh, you know, for me personally, just to to hear him uh, and see the band do that, uh, that was probably the highlight. Um, no Code, uh, you know, 10 aside, No Code is, is my favourite Pearl Jam album. Um, and, it, you know, when it came out, a lot of people, you know, there wasn't a lot of love for it at the time. Sure. You know, people people liked it, but it was like too big a departure from from what they'd done previously. Um, but for me, I just you know, I, I loved it because it was different. Um, and there was a lot of people round about me. I remember in the crowd, and they were kind of like, "What's this?" What's that? You know, like they didn't know the song, so they they either never really listened to the album, or they didn't even have the album. You know, yeah. Um, and I was like, "It's present tense. It's present tense." You know, and but. You know, you, you could see like everybody was just fixated. You know, but after after the, as you're saying, you know, the kind of first verse code and and going into it, you know, everybody was just fixated on them, and uh, you know, I, I think he sensed that and, and really went for it. But uh, that that was special for me. That that song, uh, you know, as far as memories go, I think there's no direct correlation. I just think that the meaning of the song and and the lyrics of the song, what he's saying, just that resonates for me, and it's just you know. Live, live for now, you know, live in the present tense, don't don't worry about the past, don't, you know, worry about the future, just concentrate on the now. Yeah, and uh, for those, I feel like, you know, there's the certain Pearl Jam fans that uh, after Vitalogy had sort of tapered off a little bit and, you know, seen Pearl Jam as a, a nostalgia fix uh, in this day and age, but um, everybody, I think... Er- Anybody that has kept on board uh, with the band has really took took a loving uh, a liking a loving to to no code. Um, you know, I I know that it wasn't my favorite album at first, but now it's probably in my top three. So you know, but I I feel like after this, Ed is a little bit more in the game. Uh, you know, it present tense uh, lights a fire under his ass a little bit, gets in a state of love and trust, uh, and he's it's in a groove and, and he's really, he's finding his way into rear mirror too. And the two songs together, it's a, a really strong finish and not, not too much different than what we would hear in other sets. But um, you know what? It, it's a strong finish. Yeah. So that's one of my, uh, one of my favorite songs. I love that. I love hearing it live. I love hearing it in the car when I drive to work. I love hearing it when I'm driving home from work. Uh, it's just such a it's just such a builder of energy. I could uh, I could just listen to that all day, and knowing knowing coming out of present tense and into that, you knew you were building for something, and uh, I just loved it. I, I I love it. I just it's an amazing it's an amazing tune with amazing amazing energy live. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, state of love and trust is uh, is always it's always a, a keeper for me. Uh, encore one. 
Uh, here we go. After seven or eight years, however long it's been, we're not going to leave yet. That's what Ed says. And they bust out Brain of Jay to start the encore. listen to the show for half a minute knows how much i love brain of jay i don't know if we've covered it in an encore before it's usually kind of early in the set when when we do cover it but uh i love coming out the gate in the encore you know obviously nowadays they'll they'll do some cool down stuff and sort of do a campfire to start it off but come out of the gates guns blazing brain of jay uh it kicks all sorts sorts of ass here I, i i love this yeah, I think we could have done with a breather, to be honest. Uh, after, uh, you know, uh, something slow would have probably gone down better the way, you know, 20-odd thousand more people were feeling at that point. But uh, again, just to, just to come out in an encore and just keep it going, just keep the energy levels that high is phenomenal. Absolutely phenomenal. I, I remember it well, but I, I was flicking around, like, maybe grab a drink or something. <laughs> but no, it just, just kept going. Yeah, and, and you guys bring up a really good point here because that uh, Brandon J goes in to do the evolution, which goes into three songs that are completely different. And I, I don't know if it's just kind of at the time they're used to a different formula in their set list and they kind of, you know, feel like they have to start out the encore pretty uh, pretty hard and kind of get the, the crowd back into it after a couple minutes. But nowadays you would get light years elderly woman last kiss and then bring jay do the evolution once and they kind of i feel like the balance here it was kind of imbalanced a little bit where uh it just felt like the build to once was a little flat to me yeah i think they're definitely you know in terms of their 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 life sets randy i think they 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 you know they're kind of nowadays they're not looking for any new fans their their fan sure. base is the fan base you know so they they kind of know that they can come in on a first encore and and start off slow yeah. uh yeah i'm guessing back in back in 2000 eight years into their career you know they're probably coming on and going there might be a few new new listeners out there a new few mm-hmm. you know and and maybe that maybe that was their thought process about uh, coming back on and just keeping the levels up i don't think they need to do that anymore because i think most of us know what we're going to get you know right, right. when we when we when we rock up to a, a pj song so uh, sorry a pj show so uh, that that's just kind of my tuppens worth of it you know yeah, and I mean that's a really good point. Like uh, that, I wasn't even thinking about at that point. They're still sort of they're not in the legacy era of the. I really feel like the Riot Act era turned into sort of where Pearl Jam became from good band to okay, this band is going to be a Hall of Fame band at some point in in the future. Binaural didn't really have that feel to it. So yeah, maybe they are in the mindsets of you know how do we. Uh, keep the fans going, keep the fans excited here. Uh, but 
Nowadays, you would get the complete opposite. You would get the light years, elderly woman, last kiss. All right, now let's let's take it home. Brain of Jay, do the evolution, wants to finish the set and complete you know complete stunner going into the second encore. Uh, any other anything else? I didn't I didn't really have a lot of uh, notes outside of you know last kiss being at that time Pearl Jam's biggest song. So people they probably think. It needs to be played. They probably think it's one of their big highlights, but the big glaring omission in the show is no no alive. And you mentioned Ross Killed before, and uh, the U.S. shows after Ross Killed, they uh, completely left alive off the set because of you know reasons with the lyrics and everything like that. But it's not in here when you know this this is before everything had happened, and I, I feel like that's really what this set list is is missing. Um, you're building these three songs, Light Years, Elderly Woman, Last Kiss, and you want something big after that, and you don't get the big finish that you expect. Yeah, I'm still waiting for my money back for the show. <laughs> uh, so so uh, I think I need to give up, actually. Uh, but yeah, as as an absolutely glaring omission, I mean, how many times, how many shows since then have they left alive out? It's, it's the bread and butter. Uh, we talk about it all the time. I think there's only been two shows where I hadn't seen alive, and that's because one, the set list, you know, they were playing till 2 a.m., so the set list had to get cut off at some point, and the other was Pearl Jam 20, which I don't think they repeated any songs uh, night one and night two. Uh, so every other every other show, it's at the same point, alive, a cover, whether it's rockin', whether it's Baba, whether it's sonic reducer something along those lines and then a lead better or an indifference and this go you know this all goes into once and you know i i don't know how much you guys are in on the stats here but once is usually a fairly consistent live song in their history but when they were dropping stuff in that period they dropped why go deep glorified g rats leash all those songs uh once kind of stuck around but it didn't have it didn't necessarily have the every night staying power that an even flow or an alive should have. Uh, but at this point it had gone 30 shows without being played, which is only, it's two years in time, uh, you know, going back to 1998. Uh, so that's the longest delay that it's went without going 30 shows. So when you hear this, I'm listening to this version. I'm like, man, this is really how they're closing out a first set. It just doesn't, it doesn't have the power. It doesn't have the, you know, I feel like they're not leaving it all on the stage, which they should be at this point in the game. I, I can't argue with that, you know, but I think for me personally at that point, you know, that but the kind of euphoria had set in and, you know, you've enjoyed sure. everything that you've seen and, um, it wasn't until we were back and sitting in the pub that that you know my mate went. They never done a live, and right enough. You know, <laughs> no, nobody was really well. Certainly round about us, nobody was talking about it at the time. But I say it's only once you know on on hindsight and sitting down and kind of uh, chilling out and and never played alive. Yeah, it'd be, God, inter- you know. it'd be interesting to you know maybe maybe 
get the answer to the question of why they, they weren't playing it. You know, they might have just been, you know, fed up, uh, <laughs> you know, playing the song, or that, or yeah. there's another, there's another deeper reason why it's not on their, on their set list at, at that point. It'd be a, it'd be a great question to ask. I'm, I'm, I'm sure somebody must have asked that question in the past. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, it feels so weird here, especially Encore Two. It has two very, it, it you know, slow paced songs. And one, it doesn't have the staying powers as the other since it's brand new. So wouldn't you want something that has everybody just off their seat to, to go into that? Like, you know what you're, you're planning beforehand. I, I, right now, you miss it alive in a set, and it's a big deal. I don't think they would do that in 2019. Although they're, they're not going to do that in 2019 because they're is no tour this year so the set that's how it closes with with once and um ed comes out for encore two alone and everybody is chanting for him they're chanting his name uh and he says be careful uh that's enough to give a guy a big head uh says he has a uke he's not and it's not a scottish instrument but he's going to get to that in a second so there's a little storytelling from ed here uh which is kind of rare for the time uh says when we were playing once i remember the singer mike scott from uh i looked it up before a band called what the water boys the water boys yeah and he says he remembers the singer mike scott and jeff and i were listening to him and said he wanted to sing like mike scott on once I'm not familiar with that, but how how fitting was that? Was that was that kind of perfect? Did that sound like him? Ah, I did, did have a ring to it. Look them up. Um, they've got uh, Fisherman's Blues and uh, the, Hole the, the Hole of the Moon, which is the one that he was mimicking. Is it okay. too far, too high, too far, too soon? You saw the Hole of the Moon, but ah, it did mimic the way that Mike Scott delivers the lyrics, certainly. Um, okay. But, if if you're out there, check them out. The uh, the Water Boys, good, uh, another Scottish band. Um, <laughs> After this, he says Scots are good at telling stories and music, and uh, you guys told tons of stories today, so we know that that's the truth. Uh, and he says he has a story, but this one involves a small instrument in a big room, and reminds him of the other time that they were in uh, the Cat House, and he couldn't remember the name of it. And he said, uh, and I think it's kind of the crowd here is kind of jeering him because they hadn't been back in eight years and so ed kind of bounces back he's like fuck you i had laundry to do so that, yeah. that was kind of <laughs> i remember nice that little... I, I do remember a lot of the crowd shouting out the name to him uh, so i remember that wrong. So, so it might sound like a little bit of abuse but i think uh, i think most people were actually shouting cat house yeah you're able to hear it on the boot i was able to hear it kind of perfectly so uh, he says they pulled into town and it was a tiny club. He fell asleep on the bus and when he woke up, he had to pee. And then this woman who was short in stature told him where the bathroom was and then he asked her a name and and she said, Mrs. Mope. And he asked him to, to repeat herself and she says, Mrs. Mope. And then he realized she was saying Mrs. Mop. And, you know, she was, I guess, the custodian of, uh, of the cat house of the venue. And she was completely, she called herself Mrs. Mop and she was proud to be, uh, a janitor, I suppose. So that was a cool little story. She'd have been the cleaner than most cleaners in any 
place of work or that get referred to nine times out of ten is Mrs. Mop. <laughs> is that is that an actual thing? Like, is that like kind of a slang term or? Yep, yep, for a cleaner, Mrs. Mop or Mr. Mop to um, keep things gender biased. So soon forget happens here, and uh, he cannot get through the first part of the song, uh, but the crowd is chanting on him, which is great, and. Uh, he doesn't really perform alone at this time. This is kind of this is kind of rare for him. So he's calling out ukulele on stage, and you got to think that that small instrument. It's such little power in front of you know fifteen thousand people, however many people were there. It's such a massive stage, such a massive crowd, and uh, you know what you what you guys think of the ukulele moment here? I, I th- again, it was you know it felt like something special. Um, it's you know it, it was something different, but you know a different track for for the time and probably the kind of first time that he was really utilizing his love for the ukulele. But um, yeah, I think you know in between the cat calls and what have you, uh, it did stand out. But yeah, it was unique that he just came out on his own. I think I was like, uh, what the fuck? <laughs> it's <laughs> like, so like a ukulele. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I, love right. the, I, love, I love the fact that uh, you know even even then uh, there was evolution going on with uh, with, with the band mm-hmm. about you know going and particularly Eddie going in and experimenting with uh, you know something so far away from uh, you know core rock and roll uh, and getting into and writing some songs you know and accompany it with a uke is uh, it was brave and and to bring that out on stage in front of twenty thousand Glaswegians. Who are uh, you know? <laughs> who are wanting alive? And he walks <laughs> out with a ukulele. That was a it was a brave move, but yeah. you know, uh, you know, absolute respect to do that just to to give all of us an insight about what the future was going to look like for the band, you know, and for mm-hmm. him. Yeah, it's it's foretelling into the future, absolutely. But um, uh, I'm I'm glad you guys didn't run him off the stage, and you were you were nice to him. You let him go, and and you let him finish the song, even if he uh, uh, it was the pissing, stiffening uh, little botch that seems to happen in the song all the time. I don't know why he can't remember that, but. It, uh, it seems to happen more often than not. So uh, that gets us into the final song of the night. Uh, you're, again, ending on kind of a, a, a milder tempo here with Ledbetter. Did, did, now, I, I never complained about Ledbetter closing a set, but did you want this to end on like a high, high note, like a rockin' or an alive, or were you like, Ledbetter, this is it, this is great? Well, I, 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 my recollection, uh, Randy, is I, I was disappointed at the end of it, uh, you know, and I think it was a, a entirely selfish opinion of the of the last two songs. I had, uh, you know, waited eight years to see this band. I wanted a live. I wanted to be absolute. I wanted my heart pounding mm-hmm. when they walk, walked off the stage. Now, back in 2000, I didn't realise that Led Better was going to be one of the last songs in all their shows, uh, you know, as they, as they go forward, or the penultimate or last song. Um I wanted to be, uh, I wanted to be walking out of that venue, you know, in my heart doing 174 beats per minute, you know, uh, not feeling like I was ready to lie down. So, from a personal personal point of view, I wanted more. Um, and Yellow Lead Better, and I, I know you've done a, a deep dive into Yellow Lead Better just recently. Yeah, uh, ain't one of my favourite songs. I have to say, it's never grown on me. Uh, so that, from a personal point of view, I walked out going. 
Yeah, I wanted more. Yeah. That's that's kind of just from listening to the bootleg. I I got that sense that with the the three songs in the middle of the first encore and then getting once, which was not like the most powerful version of once and then finishing off with a ukulele and sort of, you know, it's slower. It's kind of a little more moodier. Uh, It doesn't have that finality to it yet. It's just kind of a goodbye. See you later sort of vibe. So if, if it had been more of the sing-along that it is today, then maybe you would kind of, you would be okay with it. I, I don't know if you'd be okay with it, but maybe I would have accepted a little more, but the version just kind of flatlined for me. And it sort of, uh, it, it took a show that was, uh, that had some energy and, and kind of drained the momentum. Yeah. Again, I wouldn't argue with that. Um, we all know what Yellow Lead better is, how it started out, what what its influences are. Um, yep, yeah, it's it's got a, a big significance now. Um, but see, the more you were talking about that there, and just the, the show in general, I, th- I think that was their plan. So they they, they left us all wanting more, and knew they were not coming back. So they've got nearly half of Scotland travelling all over the world to see them, mm-hmm. just to <laughs> to hear everything that they never heard that night. But um, aye, it's. Uh, it, it did leave you wanting, uh, certainly. So don't don't get me wrong, you know, I'm not saying it was uh, that, that it was a terrible show. I walked back to my wife, who had been standing on her own for two and a half hours at the, <laughs> at, at the back of the auditorium, and uh, she, she, she regales back to me how big the smile was on my face. And what I said to her was, that is the second greatest moment in my life. I've just experienced there for, for two and a half hours. The first one, my first child was born six months earlier, uh, and that was, you know, the greatest experience as, a, as an adult. And then watching Pearl Jam for the first time live, for me, was just a, a seminal moment. Uh, could it have been better? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely, in hindsight. But in the moment, Randy, when that when that lights go up and you know they're not coming back on, you're thinking, you know, excuse my French, but, you know, fuck me. That was yeah. amazing. You know, that was amazing. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, you know, yeah, wanted more, but, you know, you know, I'd waited eight years to see the band. You know, you could have come on and done 23 ukulele songs and I still walked off thinking uh, it was the greatest thing ever, you know? The last thing, uh, you know, what we've been doing lately on the show, uh, three parts of this show, the top three moments of the show for you? Uh, sometimes, like the, just hearing that first song, um, present tense, um, and uh, like Martin given to fly, you know, they're, they're probably the, the three kind of standout ones for, for different reasons, but yeah, that, that would be the three top moments for me. I think my top three would be uh, the excitement of being there, <laughs> uh, was uh, was number one. I think the first two chords are sometimes uh, and disappearing into a mosh pit and uh, and given to fly, uh, which was which is still up there as one of my favourite songs. And uh, it, regardless whether it was interrupted or he lost a bit of it, it was just beautiful to hear it uh, live uh, from the man on the stage, uh, and I'm standing in the audience. So I could probably give you another 17, Randy, uh, <laughs> but I'll, uh, I'll, I'll stick with three. 
I'll I'll take it. You know, I, I look. There are a lot of great moments from this night. I, I my top three that I picked uh, present tense. Obviously, I felt like that was kind of the where the show peaked for me. Uh, Brain of Jay and the Encore, something you don't see a lot, and I just got excited to to cover it there. And uh, Untitled MFC, this was really early on in uh, you know them them doing the combo like that. So really excited to hear. The audience react to it was uh, was the best part about that. So with that uh, being done, how about we rate the show? One uh, out of ten stick men, stars, whatever you want to give them, how would you rate this show? And you could be totally biased, totally unbiased as you'd like. Well, uh, on sheer emotion and, you know, the, seeing them for the first time, um, I would give it a ten. Uh, but with my critical head on and what I've seen and heard now, probably around about a seven. Okay, that's fair. Totally fair. Right, so Colin's, uh, Colin's talking a lot of shite. Uh, <laughs> so I, 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 I'd give it, for my first experience uh, watching Pearl Jam live, as I said, he could have come on and done 24 ukulele songs. I'm just giving it a straight 10 because uh, because it was my first show. Nothing, uh, nothing. And, it, and, and it deserved it. Nothing's ever going to beat the first time. You're never going to get that experience back. You're never going to hear your first song again. And that's, look, that's a 10 every single time, whether it's a, there's a hitch in the set or not. I totally respect that. Good answer. Uh, I'm giving this, you know, and, and I look at it in a different point of view, obviously, because I, A, wasn't there. B, I'm covering the bootleg and I'm not covering the live show necessarily. So uh, I'm giving it a six because the stuff in the encore really, it threw me for a loop. I think that they could have and had the opportunity to do some things uh, to make the show a little bit more energetic to go home. And, and I think it, it gets docked a couple points uh, because no alive uh, because just kind of, the middle poppy songs in the first encore leading into once just kind of fell flat for me. So uh, I no no disrespect for the show at all. Uh, but uh, critical mind again, uh, I'm going to have to give it a six, but that you're an expert. You're an expert. <laughs> I'm not an expert. I you're an expert, Randy, and I respect your decision, but I don't, <laughs> I don't agree with it. You're allowed not to agree with me. I, I'm totally fine with that. You live through it. My, okay, let me just put it this way. My expert, quote unquote, opinion doesn't mean shit. Next to your expert opinion for being there, for seeing it, for living it, that's the expert opinion. Mine is just listening to a bootleg, you know, three days before actually talking about it. So, uh, you know, take take it for what it is. I think you should take their opinion more than mine, but uh, there you have it. That's uh, Glasgow 2000. And uh, one more time, let's plug everything again. Uh, where can they buy tickets to uh, the event this weekend to see Lost Dogs? Where can they donate? Just shout all that stuff out again. Yeah, so PJCon 2019 um, under the Pearl Jam Alba banner, uh, soon to become the Pearl Jam Scotland banner, um, so me and Martin are joining forces after this 100%, so everything will change to Pearl Jam Scotland, but uh, go on to Eventbrite, uh, look up PGCon 2019, if you're coming to the Pearl Jam UK pre-party in November, uh, go on to Skiddle uh, and look up PG UK pre-party, um, if you're in the States and you, you don't have the funds to fly over and, and be here in person, 
uh, any sort of donation that you want to give, uh, go on to www.justgiving.com forward slash fundraising forward slash PGCon 2019 and I'll hand you over to Martin for a few words. And if I can just uh, do, Randy, if you don't mind, a little plug Please. of something something that's happening right now on the Pearl Jam official Facebook page uh, that I think most of us will be on. Uh, I'm currently raffling a unique piece of uh, artwork by Claudia Tau from, uh, from the Netherlands. It's a burnt on wood uh, so she uses a soldering pen to draw the band. Uh, burnt on wood. It's a massive piece of uh, art. It's 60 by 60. Um, absolutely unique. I'm raffling it currently. Uh, we've raised a we've raised a good few hundred pounds, a few hundred dollars. Uh, the raffle closes on Saturday night, this Saturday, and uh, it would be amazing if you could go on. It's five pounds, five dollars for a raffle ticket. Every single penny that comes uh, comes from it is going straight to Diabetes UK. Really, really appreciate your support. And there you have it. Uh, all that you can donate is there. Uh, we're going to post the links to it as well if you can't find it. Uh, but really appreciate uh, the guys coming on. Colin Roger, Marty Higgins, you guys were fantastic. You guys told so many stories, and we, we had a blast. This was awesome. Well, thank you. Thanks for having us. Cheers, Randy. Hopefully we'll be back in a couple of years' time to review the next Glasgow show. I'm I'm rooting it for it for you guys, and I, I hope you know somebody out there could be listening to this, and this is uh, could kind of be the catalyst that that starts it, or PJ Con could be the catalyst that starts it. But look, uh, you guys are the greatest fans in the universe. You guys deserve uh, another show. It's been almost twenty years in the making. Let's get it going. Let's do it. Let's get Pearl Jam back to Scotland. Come back. Hashtag hail hail. <laughs> all right guys uh thanks again for coming on and we will uh we'll see you next time see you then bye all right so that was colin and marty and they were awesome they were funny and uh they were they were great sports and you know what we were doing this uh all for a good cause getting them on the show and uh really glad to promote pj con and put the word out there we will we will definitely share their stuff as the week goes on and make sure that you know they can get the donations and and all that all going to a great cause for diabetes uk so and and thank you for not doing the scottish accent i <laughs> you're welcome everybody maybe i'll give you a quick one towards the end but you're welcome <laughs> i didn't want to offend anybody when i was doing that but i was sad i didn't get an a well, we can only hope we'll have them back on at some point. We will, yeah, we definitely will. They were they were awesome. They were great. We don't have another Scottish show to do, but uh, you know, who knows if if we ever uncover this? Uh, yeah, if we, we're still waiting on that email from Eddie. <laughs> you know, you've got the cassette tape, the shoebox, Just bring the cassette tape. You can come on the show. We'll talk about it. It'll mm-hmm. be great. Yeah, exactly. We don't have any other questions for you. We just want to talk about that one cat house show. Hey, I'll it. take it. If that's all I get, I'll take it. <laughs> so, um, again, let's uh, let's promote Patreon here. Uh, head on over to our Patreon account, patreon.com slash live on four legs. If you guys subscribe uh, by this weekend, you will be automatically entered into our poster competition. Um, and again, we are 
you know, our lease is coming up on SoundCloud, so uh, anything helps right now. Yeah, and, and not just that, but again, you know, we want to we want to keep doing cool stuff for you guys. We want to keep doing these giveaways, keep doing the merch, you sure. know, do some some more charitable things when the holiday season comes around. Yep. So stuff like that really helps. Absolutely. You know, even even one dollar a month, two dollars a month, whatever. Whatever you got, and then then you get to come on an episode and talk about yeah. your favorite show. That that's... and you get to come on the show, and I will threaten to fight you. <laughs> it's happened every time, folks. It has. He's been a great co-host so far, John. You've just <laughs> been a peach. Um. Anyway, our uh, you know again poster. The poster's still around. Uh, you could still rate us on Apple Podcasts. Rate on on Facebook if you're an Android user. And and thanks so much to the people that have done it already. It really means a yeah, lot. Yeah, no, there there have been a lot of people that have uh, that have pulled in and and they've had really it really really helps the show. It, they've had nice things to say. It's not just people that are like, well, here's my entry to get a poster. It's people that are saying genuinely nice things. Right. Ex- uh, Except for the one, the one that threw a little shade at Matt, but a, a, compliment, a compliment for us for is us a compliment, is compliment for you. For you. <laughs> exactly, exactly. I'll have to throw that sound bite <laughs> in right there. Uh, so, um, for all of my uh, Connecticut friends uh, that are listening in today, uh, in about oh two weeks' time, September fourteenth, uh, there's going to be a show at the Oakdale Theater in Wallingford. Hey, that's my birthday. Is it? Happy birthday. It is. Many my birthday's the eighth. Nice. Hey, we're like September birthdays. That's there you go. Yeah. That's awesome. That's pretty badass. All right, whatever. Maybe I'll maybe I'll make the trek up to Connecticut for a Grimjapalooza. You probably won't, but cool. <laughs> if you make the tr- trip up to Connecticut, you're not going to Grunjapalooza. True. <laughs> uh, probably true. Yeah. So. Um, Anyway, Grunge Blues is happening. Last Exit, we've had them on the show before. We've had Pete on the show before. He's an awesome guest. He's an awesome dude. And they're an awesome band. So they're closing the night. They're going to be the headliners. And if you haven't seen them before, if you haven't watched them on our live stream, they are awesome. They're just, uh, they do Pearl Jam justice as good as any other cover band can do. And... It, it it's going to be a good time. There's going to be other bands there. I uh, I don't have the full bill on me right now, but um, I think there's a Nirvana tribute band. I think there's a Rage Against the Machine tribute band. Uh, and there's a band, I don't know if they're called Flannel or not. I thought they were called Flannel, but they do like every band that doesn't have a representative uh, they do like they, they do Soundgarden, they do Alice in Chains, uh, whatever bands aren't there that night. I think the other band is a Stone Temple Pilots band. If if they work up a Tad cover, let me know. Uh, yeah, you'll be the first I text if All I right. if I recognize it. But they'll probably do like Better Than Ezra first. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, so you you got to get Matt's uh, live cover band on there. Oh yeah. That would be a good idea. Yeah, yeah, get them to Connecticut, sure. Yeah. What are they called? They're like lightning lightning crashes or throwing coppers? Something like that. Yeah. Matt, let us know. Yeah. Matt, Matt doesn't up. listen anymore. Matt, Matt, <laughs> Matt's done with this. He doesn't need to listen. <laughs> um, but in, in the case he does, uh, hi, hi, Matt. We'll see you soon. Um, at Grungapalooza. At Grungapalooza. Uh, but anyway, uh, Grungapalooza in Connecticut, Wallingford, Connecticut. Uh, tickets are $15 if you pay on Live Nation. There are no fees right now, so that's uh, 
that's good for everybody, a win, a win for everybody, and uh, get to hang out with uh, at least me from Live on Four Legs. I don't know if any of the other legs are going to be there. John probably won't be there because it's his birthday. He's got better stuff to do. Uh, but I'll be there so you can meet up with me and uh, and my soon-to-be wife, and uh, and I'll introduce you to the band. They're all great guys, and we'll, we'll have a blast. It'll be a good time. And if you're not anywhere close to the Connecticut area, maybe we'll probably live stream it. So so you'll be able to see it. So, um, and that is almost about it. We got the anniversary episode next week, which was chosen by you by a poll, and uh, the poll results were not very close. Um, there was it, it was it was pretty much a runaway win- winner. I kind of. I kind of thought it was going to be, but you know what? I think we're going to have to go back. I think you might have done some ballot stuffing for your own. No. I think we're going to have to go back and audit these it's results. It's not true at all. It's not true <laughs> at all. I, I went back and looked at everything, and there was no there was no stuffing. You guys did a good job. So uh, we won't let you know what it is now. I think it'll be a big surprise when it comes up next week. But, again, anniversary episode. We'll talk a little bit about the year that we've had with Live on Four Legs, and we'll kind of – preview the next year too and uh we'll you know give a couple shout outs and a couple thank you just to people that have uh made this podcast possible over the past year and uh without further ado uh this may be the end we're here but not for much longer and although we may be parting ways i miss you already i miss you always oh there it is yeah i knew i was gonna throw it in somewhere uh, for John, who has been here the whole time, but he's been really, really silent. Uh, and for Colin Roger and Marty Higgins. I think I fell asleep at some point. I'm going to have to go back and listen to I it. I don't know how you could listen to what I missed. I was laughing. I was laughing a storm the whole time. Those guys were great. <laughs> uh, but uh, I hope you enjoyed this episode. And uh, stay tuned for next week. It's the big anniversary special. Uh, we will see you then. Bye.